Say That, the podcast where your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. And joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. I'm chuffed to bits. We're still on that, huh? Yeah, I'm doing British. You can tell, sometimes you can tell the ones we record back to back because Glenn sticks on a theme. Yeah. Also joining us, Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. Greetings. The tired, tired man. Joining us all the way from Mercury, Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. Hello. This is a typical American greeting. Governor, uh, wow! I really felt the uh, the self satisfaction and not quite being as good as he thought it was in that typical American greeting. Yeah, yeah, it's it was actually kind of sad. <laughs> wow. Also, typically American. <laughs> wow, more of an Arthur Miller type of typically typically American, but right. you know it's in there. Right. Lee, I appreciated what you did there. I celebrate uh, going for it. Thank you. At least somebody <laughs> understands. Exactly right. I'm chuffed a bit. Well, we didn't uh, we didn't discuss beforehand who wants to declare the emergency. So somebody yell the word emergency, please. Glenn. Oh, um, emergency. Sure. <laughs> well, we're, Glenn, we're off to a roaring start. Your, your enthusiasm almost floored me. So why don't you tell us what this emergency is? Well, uh, and this is a rehearsal, right? Yeah. Oh no, we're are, are we taping? Yeah, we're live. We're live right now. <laughs> Let me take it again. Oh, we're live. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we'll do it live. Uh, <laughs> the joke still works for me. Yes. Yeah, I still love that joke. I'm declaring uh, an emergency. Uh, we a couple of weeks back here, a couple of three weeks back, we um, had a uh, uh, we were discussing a, 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 apparently it's a real thing, a Christian dating <laughs> we, service. We discussed this for a whole emergency. Glenn didn't know it was real until like last week, right? And um. Apparently, uh, it's based loosely on a, a, a sort of a secular dating app. And I think dating might be a little, generous way of putting also it. Also, by uh, loosely based on, you mean, is pretty much the same thing with a dove in the logo. Right. Yeah. Well, we, we came up with a name because we didn't know the name. So we came up with a name. Fisher. Fisher. With, with an R. With no E. Our friend Bridie from um, New Zealand made up an awesome logo for us. It's pretty rad. A, you know, a fish symbol with the letter R, R in it. Actually, you know, that's perfect. Pretty, it's actually pretty good graphic design. That, yeah, that, you got you got all of that one. Okay, you you took your cricket bat and you you just knocked it right out of the cricket grounds with that. I'm I'm trying to be relevant. Sure, I'm, I'm international. Nothing's more, nothing's more relevant than cricket. Cricket, <laughs> cricket pitch. Look, I'm in. These guys are a bunch of local bumpkins. Okay. That's true. Grin, that are on Glenn this really podcast. wants to break into that India market. And I this am, is the only way. I, am, I like beef jerky and Alan Jackson. Those are my two loves in life. <laughs> <I> <laughs> wow. Am, that was awesome. That was a deep pull from the mid-90s. <laughs> I, um, you know, Jed's crazy about a Mercury. Wow. And that's, there, there's some country that fans a, out there that man. just. That is a J- Alan Jackson joke wrapped in a George <laughs> Jones joke. Yeah. So, um. Here's the thing. We found out this thing was real, and it is not called Fisher, which I think our suggestion was better. Uh, But what we found was the actual name of this app, which we felt like maybe needed a little more discussion. The actual name of the app. Christian Hookup App. Collide. Come on, man. Which is a little... Evocative, yeah, because I there think- was a very popular song called "Collide" um, a few years ago. The Howie Day tune that was about waking up after a one night stand. Yeah. Well, here's okay. What happens is, first of all, I the problem, and people who listen to this podcast will know this about me is I am on a podcast with three people that make everything dirty. Yeah. What okay. a burden for you. On one occasion, <laughs> I suggested a key to to happiness in marriage is when a man and woman uh, care for one another and they me- help meet one another's needs and make sacrifices for one sure. another. So, for example, if a wife wants her toes to be sucked, sure. 
I suggested that they, now and these, then you're you're saying and then we went off and did something gross with r- that. The rest of you made it dirty. Sure. Okay. It's very toe wholesome. sucking on its own is completely innocent. I've it, always said that. It's it's this. That okay. quotes my new ringtone. But <laughs> this is not something dirty. Okay. What happens is a guy puts yeah. in his info. Yeah. Like what his ba- favorite Bible verse is apparently. Yeah, apparently. And denomination. Uh, denomination. A few pictures. Um, pictures that really showcase your spiritual walk, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then, and then here's what happens is you put your picture in there. Yeah. And then the other person sees your picture and they say, that person seems like they would be a really good person to raise my future children. Yeah. That person. This is wondering in which it is kind of exactly like real life. So, (laughs) But here's what happens is you both, here's what it says, you both swipe right. It's a match. Sure, yes. You swipe each other. Yeah. Now, that, see, you right there, That I, I can tell by the look on Judd's face he wants to make that dirty. Absolutely. But you swipe the screen, right? Yeah. And you both swipe it the same, design. same d- direction. Here's what happens. You get together with the other person and you collide. Yeah, there's nothing dirty about that. Yeah, <laughs> and then you then you go your separate ways, pray about it. Yeah, and later on you come back and collide again. Absolutely, and you go go apart from one another, collide again. Sure, so it's sure. It's a series of collisions, and so sometimes and so. there's a late night collide call. These things happen. Uh, maybe you enjoy a cigarette afterwards. Whatever is your <laughs> You have the power to block or delete your matches, so that's... Just to be but, clear, Glenn is reading directly from the App Store page right now. You can chat with your, each other and set up a date. Okay, here's here's what the here's what it says. All right. It's time to find the one. Yes. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> what other option is there? This is, <laughs> this is what it says. Uh, it's an app that allows you to make deep... Meaningful connection. What? <laughs> wow. With other Christians in an intuitive and simple way. When I saw the abs on Reform Tiger 93, I knew we could have a deep and meaningful interaction. Oh. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite Calvin Institute? What do you bench? Those are my two profile bits. Uh,. Yeah, it also th- it has on the on the description testimonials from people. Right. Been, okay. You know, <laughs> oh, uh, no. This this one person wrote their testimonial saying, "I have been saying for the past two years that someone needed to make this app." That's a lonely, lonely. <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk to other human beings like a normal person Somebody would. Somebody needs to app this sucker up. I have just been in my basement, bunkered in, waiting for someone to make an app. So <laughs> oh, finally... sure, you can go on a website and fill out a profile, like some kind of caveman. <laughs> well, here's what here's what I love about this. No, look, none of the you know the online dating stuff is perfect. I mean, mm. you know, but you have things. And some of it actually is is good stuff. Well, th- that's actually my point. Is you have some like eHarmony that actually it's not perfect but it's it's trying to get people where there's some compatibility mm-hmm, and they can mm-hmm. you know, develop a relationship and whatnot yeah um and we say i don't want that i want something that is strictly based on a snap judgment of physical appearance but for jesus right <laughs> okay i'm to, to that point i scroll further than glenn did in the app store okay seller collide llc category lifestyle right yeah. Sure, yeah. rating Rated 17 plus for the following. I guess you have to rate apps for the following infrequent, mild sexual content and nudity, frequent slash intense, mature slash suggestive themes, infrequent, mildly profanity, profanity or cured humor. Well, I definitely like all of my Christian apps to be R rated. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for infrequent slash mild sexual content and nudity. Wow. Th- this is the thing. Oh, here's here's what I love about Christian culture is we can't just say, I just want to hook up. So I'm right. just I'm just going to go do that. We have to try and put a Christian glaze on it. Right. Well, here's what I'm saying. What? Look, I'm a depraved person. Right. As are we all in this podcast. Definitely. But what is going through your mind that you put a nudie picture on the Christian Tinder app? 
Well, what world of wormhole have you fallen into? Although I would give a begrudging respect to someone that puts the nudie pic and then the verse from Song of Solomon that corresponds to whatever the body part is. I, I, I would. I, I would. Biblical. I would. Uh, yeah, I think you got to grant a, a, a free pass. There. Absolutely. Is there Absolutely. a place on there for the the life verse? Is that like part of the profile? You put your yeah. life verse. Uh, in it yeah, says favorite Bible verse. I guess. But here, here's what I'm suggesting. Now, we all know uh, the story of a guy whose actual given name was Anthony Weiner. Yes. Yeah. Took a picture of areas of his self. Of- this was, for those of us who, for those of you who don't live in the United States, this was a guy who was a congressman from New York who was then running for the mayor of New York City for a short time. And sent pictures of his area yep. that resembled his last name. We get it. And the irony of that is quite rich. Sure. He got caught, you know, and, uh, you know, the the things happened. And he shut down his campaign. But then, if I remember the story correctly, he was he was caught again yeah. after yeah. that. Yeah. But to throw people off the scent. Yes. He came up with a name. A pseudonym, if you will. A pseudonym that threw him off the scent. Now... We have spent, this is not an exaggeration, Yeah, untold hours trying to come up with a better pseudonym than the one he came up with. Which was Carlos Danger. Carlos Danger. <laughs> if you try and come up with something that's funnier than that, you simply won't be able to do it. Absolutely. No, okay. That's, that's pretty much the high point. Okay. What I'm saying is, what is the perfect pseudonym for you want for for the christian person who wants to use this app in perhaps an inappropriate way okay doesn't want to use their name and doesn't want to use their name you wouldn't want to use your real name you no. know? so uh you know interesting interesting mm. well john calvin klein it's pretty good mm-hmm. it's an opening bid john knock boots <laughs> Nice. <laughs> something, something on there. Yeah. 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 Um, C.S. Yes. Luscious. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, that's good. Yes. Nice. yes. C.S. Luscious. I don't think we're going to beat C.S. Luscious. On the basis of C.S. Luscious, I declare emergency all. That's it. Well, we have a winner here, we sir. Have, we're going to go into the bonus on this real quick because I've, I've clicked on the reviews. Okay. okay. All right. And apparently, this is some app stuff, it makes you leave a review before you can use it the first time. Okay. Wow. Because that's some good Silicon Valley stuff. But, so I'm scrolling through this, and Christians never let us down. There's a guy who leaves a review, three stars, and the title of the review, Equally Yoked. Yeah. And he goes on to criticize the theology. (laughs) Of the Christian hookup app. Are you Come serious? On, Are yep. you serious? Come on, dude. <laughs> he said he he criticizes the num the that there are certain denominations you can choose that aren't orthodox enough. <laughs> dude, on. it also seems to allow interested in same gender, even both. This, this is the end le- end of his review. So much for Romans one. Mm. says a man reviewing the Christian Tinder app. <laughs> and here's what I love, and I'll bet my bottom dollars do this, uh, of the Caucasian persuasion, as Glenn said in our storytelling episode. All that says it's unbiblical and cults and it's terrible. Three stars. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that is Christians on the internet in a nutshell right there. Dang. Well, and uh, here's what happened. Nobody's been swiping him. No, he so did not. So this did not. thing is not biblical. <laughs> you're saying he's a little a little salty about not getting swiped? That's right. Because that's what, you know, if you're out there and you're lonely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're sitting there thinking, I wish someone would swipe me right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's it. In in, because we're in the 20th century. Absolutely. You know? And uh, you, got, it, you got 20th century problems in the right. 20th century. Right. And that's... When you're lonely, you say, I wish someone would swipe me. Sure. sure. You know. You know what? And and I mean this in a, a totally asexual way. Yeah. But I, I totally swipe you guys. I'd swipe you right back, buddy. 
I'd wow. swipe you right back. Right. That's that's awesome, man. Yeah, man. I feel like we got somewhere on this. You know, I feel like we we you know we had a breakthrough. I there. look forward to your letters. Maybe this may be the one episode where I don't give it where I don't give out the email address because uh, I don't want that I don't want that storm raining down on me. And emergency off. Well, we we already declared emergency off. Um, now to think about how to transition from the horrible things Glenn just said into Bridgebox. <laughs> I don't think I can do it, but as I've here's here's the bridge box plug I end up making far too often. Trust me, we do good things. <laughs> there you go. I know we say a lot of horrible things, but we go to the jailhouse and we go to the drug rehabs and we preach to the people and we help people get plugged into churches. You can help fund all that. MissionUSA.com slash bridgebox. Only eight dollars a month. Here's what we did with that in the month here's what we did that money in the month of April. We we bought adorable children in the inner city backpacks that they could color that said he he is risen on them that's right easter backpack easter backpack see we say things like swiping and whatnot but then we give the children the easter backpack so the important thing for you to know when you give to bridgebox is that your money supports the easter Easter backpack backpack side of things not the glenn swiping joke side of things (laughs) i swipe you he's gonna do that anyway even though you that said that, I still swipe that you. Doesn't, that doesn't need to be funded or encouraged in any way. That's just going to happen. In Jesus' name, I swipe you right now, man. <laughs> I know. But if you don't, you see, if you don't give to Bridgebox, the swiping jokes don't go away. Those are evergreen. That's right. It's the, it's the Easter backpacks that we can't afford. So that, just so you know, missionosa.com slash Bridgebox, that's what it goes to. Oh, Lord. All right, we're going to transition to our first question here. Good luck. It came in anonymously. If you hang with us all the way to the end, and hopefully you're forgetting up for forgotten about the things we said in the emergency i'll give you some ways you can touch this it says help my mom plays favorites my younger sister we are adults causes drama in the family it's so bad that folks don't attend family functions if she is there she is she caused a scene at my house on thanksgiving two years ago and i haven't spoken to her since i tried talking to my mom about what what happened she wasn't there and she didn't want to hear it Mom is pressing me to forgive and make amends. I forgave a long time ago, but how can I make her understand that her not supporting me is hurtful? Lee, why don't you start us off? Um, Yeah, thanks for writing this in. We need to start out by just saying we're sorry you're going through this. Um, It's a a tough thing. Um, uh, Everybody that's on this podcast has has dealt with, uh, with... misbehaving family members and uh we we know how hard that can be how it can consume your mind how it can mess up just uh just you know kind of everything that you're in the middle of and so we're sorry we're praying for you um the 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 tough thing on this is um is that you kind of um you know and i understand it but you kind of pose an impossible question you can't actually um say there's there's no like perfect sentence that we can craft that's gonna make your mom understand uh, where you're coming from on this. Um, your mom has a, a, a really terrible attitude about, um, uh, about, you know, um, you, the misbehavior that's going on basically, and uh, a bad view of relationships and boundaries. And she should have been the one dealing with your sister's misbehavior long before this ever got, got to the area that it did long before it ever escalated to the place it did. If, if your sister's acting in such a way that just other people around it are like, I've got to get away from this, uh, then, then, you know, it should have been dealt with. It, sh- it should be, uh, it sounds like a very fairly obvious thing. And we're sorry that you're having to deal with it. The thing is, um, is when somebody has a, a really bad view of relationships and boundaries and healthy relationships, you can't actually change their mind on that. You you can't actually change them. Um, it's it's cool that you have the the view of forgiveness that you do. I, I I totally agree with it, and I share that view, which is that you're like, look, I've already look as far as it you know between me and my sister, I'm I'm not holding it against her. I've forgiven her, but we we are not. I'm not putting myself in a situation to get treated like that again. Yeah, I think that's yeah, absolutely yeah. valid. That's that's definitely a way that, to handle a, a situation like this. You can forgive someone, you know, as far for you know the hurt that they've caused you and stuff like that. But you shouldn't put yourself into the situation again. You know, if they haven't earned any trust. So the thing on this is is that you you know. You know, at the very beginning of your question, you you point out that you're an adult, 
is uh, at some point you can just tell your mom, look, look, uh, mom, you don't actually get to speak into this part of my life anymore. Um, uh, you know, I'm an adult. My sister's an adult. We uh, have our own relationship and you are not the referee of that anymore. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, and to go ahead and clear that up with your mom and, and, and you know, I, <clears throat> maybe you... You know, maybe you have already tried. It sounds to me like it's possible that you haven't tried to tell her, look, this is the way that, that the way that you're acting, the way that you're talking about this, this is the way this makes me feel. It makes me feel like you're playing favorites and stuff like that. You could express that to her. I don't think it would make a difference because it seems like her view of relationships is so unhealthy. But I definitely think it's it's time to say, look, you're not the referee of our relationships, and so you don't get to speak into this into this place. Well, I think that's a very good point to start with. Uh, along with the refereeing relationships is I don't think the mother, and I'd like us to line this out for a question asker, has any idea how apologies and repentance works? Yes. Why don't you walk through that a little bit, Glenn? Yeah. Um, uh, this is my family to a T, a lot of this really. And uh, th- they have this funny uh, way of demanding in, in a very holy and righteous way that I be forgiving without anyone uh, seeking any repentance, mm-hmm. you know. In other words, I'm perfectly willing to forgive. Uh, no one's sorry for it, you yeah. know. So therefore, we're that's the stalemate that we're at. It's it's not that I won't let it go. It's yeah. that this person doesn't think they've done anything wrong. Uh, but I think the root of this often is that you have someone in the family that everyone sees as, in some way, kind of weak, that that everyone in the family sees as, you know, troubled and unable to control their behavior, unable to be responsible and adult, unable to uh, 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 control their behavior and stop doing what they're doing. So you say, okay, given that this person is the way that they are. You should just put up with it. You should just put up with it. If you put up with it, if you put up with her being the way she is, we wouldn't have a problem. Yeah. Here's the here's the thing that you want to say clearly to mom and to anybody else is that is never going to happen. Yep. If I kick you in the leg, you are going to say, ow, and then there's going to be static between the two of us. Right. That's how human beings have relationship. If your expectation of me is someone's going to kick my leg and I'm supposed to say, eh, and just let them do it. It's not going to happen. As a way for us to all get along, that's not going to happen. So here is the clear message that I'm sending to you, dear sweet mother. You're talking to the wrong person. <laughs> you, there's no reason for you to be talking to me about this. I am perfectly willing to see eye to eye on this. I'm perfectly willing to forgive. I'm perfectly willing to get along. I'm perfectly willing to let this thing drop. I'd love to let it drop. That would be a, a, a happy and fantastic circumstance for me, as Lee was talking about. That's that's uh, we're, we're we're willing to do that, but. What you're asking me to do is just put up with being mistreated so that we can all not have any static because you just want everybody to get along. You you yeah. don't care about the refereeing of this. Uh, uh, you, you know you want to, to um, have this be uh, something where where you can come in and declare this is what it is and here's what this is. Bottom line, enabling is not love. Yep, and that has to be understood and right. that has to be said. To the mom, you are enabling this child. That is not a loving response to that child. Right. Holding her accountable as an adult for the adult consequences of her willfully chosen adult behavior is how you begin to show love and respect to another human being and say, you can do better. I expect you to do better. Apologize to your sister because she's more than happy to forgive you because she's Christian and she has to, whether she likes it or not. And we'll all have a good Thanksgiving. Don't give me any more headaches on that. That that it, everything else is enabling her to continue that behavior. And the thing is, yep. that's hurting 
the other sister yeah. in every way. It's not showing love. If you treat someone like they're pathetic, if you treat someone like they can't control their behavior, if you treat them like we can't expect you to talk, de- act like a decent human being, it's an insult to them. It perpetuates that negative behavior. And that, that other sister, you see, is going to go out into the world and expect the rest of the world to put up with her nonsense. It's, it's destructive in every direction, going what in every kind of which way. Tell mom you're talking to the wrong person. You're dealing with this the wrong kind of way. Uh, uh, you, you need to take this and, and rethink it from the ground up. Well, I think that's absolutely right, and it goes to the, the boundaries idea is um, this, this idea of we say, how can I make my mom understand this hurtful? I don't think she really cares one way or the other. Mm-hmm. You have to understand what the mother, what your mother's motivation here is, and why don't you talk us through that a little bit, Jen? Well, absolutely. Well, uh, here's what we'd strongly suspect. I think your mom knows it's hurtful. I don't, I don't think she cares. Right. Uh, you know, she, she wants what she wants. Right. Um, your compliance is a means to an end on that. Um, you know, right. she she wants the one big happy family, and as Glenn is saying, you know, if you if you'd play along, she thinks she could have that. As Matt said, the real issue here is boundaries. Um, that may that may be a new word for you, but the idea is that um, you have standards of what you are and are not willing to put up with in relationships in regards to other people's behavior. Let me say that again. Boundaries is the idea that there is behavior you are willing to put up with and behavior you are not willing to put up with in your relationships with other people. Yeah. This is really important. I need you to hear me on this next part. All healthy adult relationships have boundaries. That's right. No exceptions. That's exactly right. Let me repeat that. All healthy adult relationships have boundaries. No exceptions. There is no one in my life, no one, who can just act however they want, whenever they want to. But it's family, Jay. No. <laughs> no. And this is, and as Glenn's pointing out, the reason why is because that's not loving. That's right. Um, the, right. The idea that you get a free pass to just do whatever you want, whenever you want, is not love. Mm-mm. That it just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. And if you want, you know, uh, the Christian background of that, everything in the Bible where God says don't do this, it's because it's going to hurt you if you right. do it. Right. God is saying a boundary because he loves you. Right. I'd strongly encourage you, there's a book, the title is Boundaries, it's written by two men, Cloud and Townsend, um, and I'd encourage you to pick that up, it's a great book, it's worth reading. But to be clear, um, to have healthy relationships, you must assert boundaries. There's no way you must communicate to the people in your life, this is behavior I'm willing to put up with. This is behavior I'm not willing to put up with. Um, and you must uh, enforce those boundaries. Uh, you, there, there must be, if you act this way, I'm not going to come over for Thanksgiving. You right. got you to enforce those boundaries. Um, in 95% of cases, people will learn to begrudgingly respect your boundaries, at least you know, enough to have a semi-functional relationship. Unfortunately, there are cases where that won't happen. Um, You know, that will go nuclear. But here's the good news is it's better to know that. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're dealing with people who will not respect any form of boundaries and therefore you can't have a relationship with them, you do way better to know that. Um, and be able to simply move on with your life and build other healthy relationships with other people. Um, but but that's, that's, th- that boundaries issue, that's the key thing here, um, mm-hmm. is you are uh, asserting boundaries. It's the right thing to do. It's the mature thing to do. It's the Christian thing to do. The other people in your life are saying, couldn't you not do that? And your response back to them is, no, boundaries is what it's going to be today, tomorrow, and forever, Amen. no matter what. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. It goes back to the thing that Glenn's pointing to there of, if I had to guess, if, if we had to lay down a guess here, because this comes from a pretty significant amount of um, experience in these situations, both from the inside and the outside, what mom wants is just for everyone to be – mom just wants the situation to be done. Yeah. Right. And everybody be happy, and for her to be the loving mother whose family is super happy all the time. Peace. Yep. Peace. Here's the thing. If you can spin it the right way, and this depends on how pliable your mother's willing to be here – that's what you want too. Yeah, right. you just actually want that. Yeah, you want your sister to say that was wrong. I shouldn't behave like that, and then talk, and then there will be peace. Yeah, right. And there will be one big happy family. We can all go to Thanksgiving. Now, you rightly see the person misbehaving as the obstacle to this goal. There's a certain kind of um, sickness that, bless their hearts, mothers seem to have a lot of grown children, which is seeing the person who is speaking out as the obstacle to this. 
Mm-hmm. If you would just fall in line and pretend we're all happy, we could all be happy. Here's the thing. That's not going to work. But w- there's a certain level of guile in this. Or, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, be innocent as doves. But as wise as serpents. Yeah. There's a second part to that that Christians mm-hmm. don't like to think about. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the boundaries thing is this idea of, well, shouldn't I just not set boundaries and then I'll know who should be in my life and who shouldn't by who never does anything that nope. makes me feel bad. And that doesn't well, That's not a grown person's way to go through life. But here's the thing. If you can say, here, mom, here's what I think you want. I think you want us all to peace and one big happy family. You got to understand, I want that too. But you're going about that. You're going about something that, A, is hurtful to me, so we can't actually have the one big happy family if you're hurting me, and also isn't going to achieve this. Right. If you'll talk to your daughter and say, you can't act like that at Thanksgiving, call and apologize. And apologies work this way. I was wrong. I am sorry for doing that wrong thing. I will not do that wrong thing in the future. Right. Anything else that says, well, we apologize. If you get the corporate apology of, well, we, a lot of people took things and we, there was some miscommunication and were, a lot of. If, if, if you were upset. If you were upset. Said, like, none of, that's all hedging. Yeah, Those are not yeah. apologies. Yeah. As you said. And to go back to Glenn's point, apologies are critical to amends because if Glenn kicks me in the shin, he cannot. Make him, I cannot make amends at him for that. Right. It works the other way around. That's, there, I did not unamend anything. Right, yeah. right. So if you, it takes, and part of this is kind of letting the scales fall from your eyes about your family, which is a hard thing about growing up, but your family are jacked up people just like all of us. Nobody's judging on them. You say, here's the goal. Here's a healthy way to get to that. And that's really where a lot of boundaries come from. Yeah. That's how you navigate, as Jed's saying, you sound say. I think you want us all to be able to have Thanksgiving together. I think that sounds great. Here's how that happens. And then reasonable people, they may not like it, but will say, yeah, you know, she should apologize for thing. Now, if this is where boundaries come in because of the mother says, no, you should apologize for hurting the family and making us stink and not the, that's how we know we have to distance ourselves yeah. in that boundaries. But yeah. there's a lot of good stuff in there. And a lot of this stuff, unfortunately, because it is so emotionally charged, but the, the solutions to it are a lot of times very practical and unemotional. Glenn? And just one quick last thought on this. Part of what the mom is, your mom is trying to do is to say, you be the martyr. You absorb this yeah. negative yeah. behavior and whatever. You might be tempted to do that on a Christian tip or something like that. In a super unfair way, because saying, well, you're the well-adjusted one, so you should just yes. have to take more credit. Yeah. yeah, and it's a path of least resistance. You, yeah. you, here's what you have to tell the mom. Even if that were not a massively abusive idea for you, and it is, it wouldn't work. And here's yeah. why. Because she will keep misbehaving. Yeah. And eventually yeah, a resource. I will yeah, I will reach a point where I can't put up with it and then that's it. And then that's it and we so just kick this can down the road. We're yeah, yeah we're going to have this same conversation later. Why don't we have it now with less abuse for me? Well, well your mom is suggest that kind of thinking is suggesting hearing a uh, really bad sound coming out of your engine and fixing that by turning the radio up. Yeah. <laughs> that may fix it for a second. Yeah. But we still got the same problem. That's exactly yeah. right. Well, to jump in there real quick, um, it, something to be aware of is all this is about looking forward. We want to be clear when we talk about apology. We're not even really lo- – you owe you are owed an apology. Sure. But here's what we suspect about you. You'd be okay without one if you thought the behavior would actually change. Yeah. Right. right? If you if you thought – you know, um, and you're not wrong to feel that way. We, right. we all do a lot of trouble people. We've all received some pretty – poorly put together non-apologies because let's be honest most troubled people are bad at apologizing right, right. so um uh, i think the thing to give yourself some leeway on is to say if she says something that's vaguely apology-esque but i'm confident she has a sense there is a boundary and is inclined yeah. to, re- to respect it it's not a problem to declare that good enough in that it's about uh, you know uh, setting a course for the future the issue is does she understand there is a boundary that's right. that's the thing. It's okay for the apology to not be terribly well executed. Matt's right. You deserve a well-executed apology. I, th- I think exactly to that point, the key thing, if you're going to mark it down to one thing you're going to look for to say this apology, it is responsibility for the action. Yeah. Right. There's a thing I should not have done, and I chose to do it, and that's why we're here. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not your it's not you hearing it wrong and you got bent out of yeah. shape. Yeah, it's I'm not. I'm sorry we, that you got upset. 
Exactly. It's not as we talked about in the, the confrontation stories thing. It's not, well, we all said a lot of things that we no, 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 no. And as Jed said, we, we deal with that at the bridge, deal with that in personal lives. If you get that part, close enough, everything else can kind of be a little wonky Absolutely and that, right. we can move forward on that. Yeah. All right. So we're going to move on to our next question here. It came in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox. It says, should Christians keep a Sabbath? And if so, what are your recommendations on how to go about committing oneself to doing that every week? Glenn, why don't you start us off? Yes is the answer to your question. I think Christians should keep a Sabbath. No doubt about it. Um, uh, uh, that need not be Sunday, depending on your schedule. I keep a Sabbath of sorts, and uh, that day of the week tends to float around a bit. Uh, the way that my schedule works is kind of crazy, so I, I usually sort of block out two days uh, in my uh, week, and usually one of them gets absorbed, or at least partially absorbed, so that I can get one full day, uh, uh, usually, if I do it that way. Uh, your your schedule may work different, may be a little bit more regular than mine. Uh, but uh, the idea of a Sabbath is keeping a day where uh, you're taking not only a physical break, but uh, an, a mental and emotional break from what you're doing, yes. uh, and you're you're focusing on the Lord. You're, it, it's about regaining perspective and seeing where God fits into all these things. Uh, I think that absolutely should be a part of every Christian's life, and no doubt about it. If you're in full-time ministry, I think you ought to consider that full-on mandatory. Yeah. Uh, there's, uh, I need that time to recenter myself, refocus myself, to remind myself God's in charge. God has all these things in hand. that He's going to fix all these things. Right. Uh, I can't work properly. I can't do what I need to do unless I clear my head yeah. regularly. Uh, we talk about a lot in, in this ministry, whether it be you know playing video games or going uh, you know going to a ball game or something, getting our head out of what we're dealing with. A lot of the ministry that we do involves a problem that is semi-impossible to overcome and that is uh, giant and overwhelming that we've never done before and we don't know anyone else who's done quite what we're trying to do before and we need to figure something out by like later this week. If you could just solve this impossible <laughs> problem just like right now. With yeah. no money and no time. Exactly. So... Uh, for us, uh, we're able to do a lot of that by thinking creatively. But uh, again, hard work won't get you to that same place. Is is being able to have a fresh perspective on things. I think most Christians I talk to need more of that. Uh, and the last thought before I send it uh, around to these other guys is that well, is that you need to be in, uh, intentional about it. That is to say, you need to be understanding about the importance of what's going on. That means telling other people to butt out and uh, leave you alone, that I'm taking a day. Um, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, one of our buddies in that works with us in the ministry is uh, Pete Lawson, and he has Don't Bug Pete Day. Yep. And uh, the, the, the day is self-explanatory, and sure. he... Should and I bug Pete? No, no, because it's it's don't, don't bug, bug Pete, Pete day. day. You know, it does what it says on the tin. Yeah, uh, you should announce to all your friends and family uh, if you're having a, a day where you need them to not bug you. I'm having a don't bug me day, so don't bug me. Um, but a part of this also is is accepting that a, a lot of people out there, bless them, think that work is a holy thing, like school work and yeah. and and. Uh, uh, their day job that that's a the work is holy and good for you and cleanses you and purifies your totally whatever. Um, the Bible actually says rest is holy. A day of rest is holy and mandatory. And so I think for us, I don't want to see us do that in a religious sort of way, obviously, or in a in a locked down kind of way. But I I think we do need to have the sense that there is. A part of a holy life is one that involves rest and it involves being alone with the Lord and listening to Him. Totally. 
I think you're absolutely right about that. Um, the the Sabbath idea is actually pretty integral to the whole biblical thing. But um, let, can you talk about that a little bit, Jed? Sure, absolutely. Well, I, the, here's what's funny. The Bible is clear uh, that we need rest. There's there's no question about it. And in fact, when it talks about Jesus, it says that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places uh, to to pray. And, and the implication is he was going to you know to get some downtime and and interact with with his father. Um, Jesus also often went to parties. He you know relaxed. He uh, yeah. uh, cut up. Um, it's all good stuff. This will sound like an odd question to you, but I I want to I want to ask you. I want you to think about this. Why are you using the word Sabbath? And I really mm. want you to think about that. Because um, it's a super churchy, super religious word. Um, yeah, as opposed to like a day of rest. Exactly um, right. I just need time off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, it doesn't say in the Bible, Jesus often had a Sabbath. It says, right. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. Here's why that matters. Jesus was focused on what worked. Jesus mm-hmm. was focused on what would get the job right. done. The people that Jesus criticized the most were the people who wanted everything to be super religious and done right. Mm. They never, ever saw eye to eye. No, you let that guy die. It's Sunday. Exactly right. I can't help people on right. Sunday. Right. Um, here's why this matters for you. I, I've known actually a lot of people who were super, super serious about having a Sabbath who didn't get any rest out of it at all? Right. Um, yeah. Didn't didn't have any. You know, they weren't really connecting with the Lord. They weren't getting rejuvenated. They certainly weren't getting recharged to get their batteries back up so they could go out and love people in Jesus' name. This was a religious exercise. Right. That's that's yeah. what they were doing. Exactly. If your question is, do you need to have a weekly religious exercise? Maybe one you can Instagram. No. Right. Um, Don't Instagram any element of this. Um, you, you really Instagramming is the point where it becomes a sin. Yes, I think that's I think that's fair to say. Um, do you? Yeah. Do you need to have a weekly time that's all about you and yeah. you getting recharged? Yeah, you really do. You yeah. absolutely do. But here's here's what's funny, is I think the religious sounding idea of a Sabbath and a time every week that's you time are diametrically opposed. Yeah. Um, cause one of those is about impressing other people and feeling like you're ticking a box. And the other one is about you taking care of you. Right. The Lord's point is for you to take care of you. That's, that's actually, he doesn't need you to be religious. We, we, We can go ahead as a blanket statement to the world. God does not need and is not looking for you to act real religious. That's that's not his thing. But he is looking for you to take care of you. Given that, I can't tell you how to do that because it depends on you. It it all it, reading comic books works for me. Um mm-hmm. if you're not a Cro-Magnon, it probably won't work for you. I hope it doesn't work for you. Right. Jed, if you could not say things like that on the internet, it would really make my life a lot easier. <laughs> But he, but this is the thing. Don't be religious about it. Find what rejuvenates you, refreshes you. Get some you time. Get some me time. That's that's the point of it. Don't Instagram it. Relax and get refreshed. That's what we want for you, and that's what God wants for you. I think you're absolutely right. There is the over-religious... I can't turn religious into an ising word, but you all, I'm, I'm comfortable giving you, the listening audience, those ingredients of a word... And you can create create your own. Yeah, making nice. overly religious. Um, there's definitely that, but there is a lot to that Sabbath idea in the Bible. Why don't you walk us through a little bit of that, Lee? Yeah one one thing about this idea is I, I think uh, like what's interesting to me is especially where Jeb was leading off on this is the the real question is why are you doing it? Yeah, uh, I I think that's really the important piece because the the reason that you know Jesus got in trouble a lot with guys because of activity that he did on the Sabbath. And by the way, for church people that go crazy over you know if you work on a Sunday or something in the in the Bible, the Sabbath was Saturday. It was you know started at sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday, and so it's you know it's such a funny thing. Like in the South, I don't know if you guys encountered this in the South, but in in East Tennessee. People that are really hung up on the Sabbath thing, like you can't, like you, you would never mow your grass on Sunday because yeah. you would get super judged by your religious neighbors for mowing your grass on a Sunday, even though in the Bible, Sabbath was Saturday, which is it, anyway, it's this whole thing. But the, the real question is, why are we doing it? And the whole deal was Jesus was getting in trouble because for, for people, they were ticking a box, as Jed said. And really, what that means is, they were thinking, by me doing this, I am justified before God. 
That's right. the that was the whole thing. That was why you know it says that you know it was part of the Ten Commandments to to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, and you know as as Christians who believe in Christ, people who believe in Christ, we are we are not under the law. We are not under the Ten Commandments. We the Apostle Paul says that that God gave the Ten Commandments to show people how much they needed to be rescued, needed a Savior, because we can't even keep God's rules. We can't keep God's ways. We can't. We just can't do this stuff. And so we're not under that anymore. We're not under the law. We're under grace. And that was in the the law, was this whole thing. But the way that people kept it was, if I do this in this way, then I will be justified before God. And that's the part that we want to get away from. It, that you don't take, you don't keep a Sabbath, you don't have a day of rest because that is a thing that makes you holy before God. We yeah. are righteous before God because of the work of Jesus on the cross, period, end of story. That's, that's, that's where your righteousness lies. Now, is it a good idea to, to take a day of rest? Absolutely. It's good for your sleep. It's good for your relationships. Yep. It's good for balance in your life. It's good for so many things, as these guys said. Now, one thing that's really cool is just kind of if we could delve into the, uh, the murky depths of the Bible nerditorium for a second, is that the Hebrew word Shabbat, it actually means, it doesn't actually mean rest. It means to stop. And that there's a really cool there there's a there's a cool meaning behind that in in that what what it's kind of God's idea is saying look in your life every now and then you need to stop you need to lay everything down especially like Glenn said for people in ministry I love how he said for people in ministry this is absolute mandatory because you need it you you need to remember I'm not the person that makes my ministry go I need right. to set it down and and then come back at the end of you know at the end of a day of doing absolutely nothing and find the, the all the people that I'm ministering to are still breathing in and out everything's fine they're still right. walking with Jesus I'm not the one that makes this go and yeah. I think that's a really cool element of this thing is I not only do I need to have a day of rest so that I can rejuvenate but it's also good for me spiritually to recognize God is the one doing this He's the yeah, one yeah. Do, empowering my life, empowering my ministry, making this go forward. It's good for me to set it down, take my hands off of it, not do anything about it, and watch God still do the thing without me even participating. That's all fantastic stuff. We're going to move to our last question here. It came in anonymously to our Tumblr, and it says, As Christians, what should we do when given a choice between two evils? The word evil obviously being used pretty loosely here. For example, do we vote for the political candidate that displays the least non-biblical values? Do we choose to enter a relationship that is the least objectionable? Do we support a country with the fewest number of human rights violations? Jed, why don't you start us off? I can do that. Thank you for the question. I really appreciate it. I, if you'll permit me, and, and you know we love you, man. We really do. Let me, But I'd like to push back on you a little bit. And I'd like to push back by saying that hypothetical situations have never helped anyone. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. I know, particularly when you're in college, it feels like that's how we're going to navigate the world. It, it actually does not help anyone ever. Um, you know, if you were in a burning building, you could only save one person and there's 10. How would you choose which? You're not going to be. So it, it, it actually doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, that, that, Unless that, that's on the firefighter's entrance exam. That's not really a useful question. Yeah. That ethics class was really uh, pretty powerful, but still, it's not how life works. So, because here's the thing is, A, hypothetical situations have never helped anybody. But the truth is, basically everybody have really cut and dry, black and white, good versus evil choices right before them in their lives. And they're generally desperately trying to avoid making those or thinking about them. And I bet right. that applies to you. Let me give you some examples. Should I get involved in some way, in some capacity, in serving poor people in the name of Jesus? Yes. Right. You should. That's not a hypothetical. That's, that's a black and white, good versus evil decision. Yes, you should get involved in doing that. That's not my idea either. That's Jesus's idea. Right. Um, should I, per earlier in our episode, should I draw boundaries with my jacked up family members? Yes, right. you should. That's a black and white, good versus evil decision. Uh, it's cut and dry. I'll give you another one. It relates to our last episode. Should I aggressively address my insecurities? Yes, you absolutely positively should. This to me is, is the interesting uh, thing, the noteworthy thing is people love the idea of someone else's clear moral choice. Right. They love the idea of someone else's clear moral conflict. That's a lot of why so many people are obsessed with World War II 
is it felt like this clear moral imperative, and it was in many ways. This is the thing. You've got clear moral imperatives in your own life. You've, you've got things that are, that are staring in the face. And I know that because I do too. We, we actually all do. And we want to be careful of stuff that won't help anyone that serves no purpose other than to distract us from this one thing that is killing us and um, wrecking our will to live. So that's the thing. Just, you know, you know we love you, but just to push back on you, um, let's worry a little bit less about those hypothetical decisions and a heck of a lot more about the clear, cut and dry, good versus evil decisions that are before you. Because um, every day that you choose not to make a choice in those cut and dry decisions it's actually by default going away you don't want it to be right um those only yeah. world world war ii only got one when people actively decided to fight right. um the the every day that um uh, as an american every day that we stood on the sidelines which was most of that war right things got worse right um today leave the hypothetical situations behind recognize you're in a war stand up and fight it that's absolutely right. I mean, there's a very important line to be drawn between hypothetical and realistic choices. In this, there's also an important line that we want to look at between negotiable issues and non-negotiable issues absolutely. for Christians. And Lee, why don't you look at that for us? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think that, and and it is, you know, appreciate you writing this in. This is the thing is, is that definitely in the examples of the things that you give, these are not the kinds of issues that every Christian can or really should agree on. I mean, yeah. we, we we are all going to see this kind of stuff in different ways, and that's fine. These these are negotiable issues, and that's why, I mean, like, there are things that all Christians everywhere should agree on as hard and fast things. That's These are the, the, the basic, cut-and-dry, you know, meat-and-potatoes foundations of our faith. We should agree on those things utterly and completely, no questions asked. But then, on, on these kinds of things— what kind of music should I listen to? Who should I vote for? What, you know, uh, and which I don't even really know what it means to support a country. I, I, but um, these kinds of things, uh, these are not the, these are not the kinds of things that we should or, or all will agree on. And that leads me to this, which is the most important thing for you on these deals is, are you willing to really, really place all your eggs in the basket of what does it mean for me to have an individual friendship with Jesus? Amen. Where I learn to talk to him and I learn to listen to him and I decide I'm going to follow where he's calling me to go. Um, if, if uh, I think what a lot of believers do, and, and I can tell you as a pastor, this is what a lot of believers do, is they just want to say, uh, tell me what to do next. Um, what should I care about? Uh, what, where should I give my money? Um, what should, how should I serve Jesus? And the thing is, is that um, I, you know, I might have an idea here or there for a couple of people, but I can't have all the ideas for everybody. But, you know, the, but when you say from up front to people, why don't you pray about it and ask the Lord to lead you into something or to put a burden on your heart or give you a, people get super uncomfortable with that. Well, I just don't know. Why Why don't you just give me some examples? Why don't, why, don't, why don't you lead me into something that exactly for me to do? I think that the majority of people are super uncomfortable, even to the point of being afraid of having an individual relationship with Jesus, where he has the right to tell you what to do, and you are eagerly and, and absolutely listening to him for those things. And it's okay for us to disagree on this stuff. The real question is, are you following Jesus in the stuff Amen. that he's calling you in individually as a person? Amen. That's all fantastic stuff. And one of the, the way we determine a lot of these things that Lee pointed his finger right on it is this is relational. This is not a, an equation, right? Glenn? Absolutely. I want to pick up right where Lee is leaving off here because, um, it, what, what you're asking about in this question is how do I do the math? It, it, mm. it, you know, lesser of two evils, this one's less evil than that one. So I do the math equation and then that's how I make the decision. Uh, what Lee is talking about is following Christ, and yeah. then he makes a decision. Let me tell you a super quick story. I I don't well. I think I may have told this on the podcast a while back, but uh, very very quickly uh, to to retell it. Um, uh, I got an uh, a, an invitation to come on a, a television a Christian television program. 
it was a smaller one that I hadn't heard of before, and I asked around about it, and it turns out the station that I was being asked to go to had just been bought out by a network that I won't mention, but that I definitely do not think highly of. But I had been told that they kept all the same people on, at least for temporary, so it probably was still a legit operation, and I should, I should definitely do the show. So I go down there, and I and I go, uh, and well, I prayed about it and, because I I really felt like this sounds shady. This sounds like the kind of shady stuff I don't want to be associated with, and also I don't watch this kind of program, and also just feels creepy, and I I just don't want to do it. And I prayed about it and prayed about it. And, and uh, I really felt a strong leading from the Lord. No, you should go do it. And I thought, you know, but this isn't this. I don't want to. I don't want to, you know. Uh, and it just seemed <laughs> like a, a, a bad choice. You know, like, why would this, you know, this is the kind of thing I would get excited about. And the, and the Lord would say, no, that's, you know, whatever. Instead, it was the other way around. So I finally said, you know, to my staff and everybody. I know this sounds crazy, but the Lord's telling me to do it. I'm going to do it. I went down there. It was terrible. It was way worse than I thought it was. I mean, the whole place, it just, it's like the lunatics who started running this asylum. I was on this crazy show. Everything weird and wrong was happening on this show. Was this the thing with the dude with the world's worst toupee? He had the going world's on? worst toupee. Um <laughs> I they were trying to I'm I'm a bald man for those of you all who don't know uh follically challenged and that's because uh, this prayers are so strong the hair literally won't grow there. Uh, I'm not saying I pray more than others but you know there's physical evidence is there. But what happens is you when I go on these shows they try and make up your forehead because it glistens off the lights you know it's always the hot and this gal was like is trying it what to, I picture like the, the the Buster Keaton movie with this giant powder thing they just smack you in the face it's with. not far from that <laughs> okay and this gal could just not get it on me fast enough for whatever and uh, one of the other guys who's appearing on the show is sitting next to me and jokingly says well why don't you just put a wig on the gal doing the makeup stopped with the makeup looked me dead in the eye and she said we do have one in the back <laughs> And I'm like, are you? Do you regret not? No, but you don't know. I have regretted ever since (laughs) that I didn't do that. I'd give anything to go back and do that. Sure. I mean, no question about it. And keep the tape. And yeah. But here's the thing. I do this, and it's awful. I mean, I want to die. They wrap up the show. I'm walking out. And this guy comes. I'm literally like an inch from walking out the door. This guy comes. Uh, banging out of sort of a side uh, a corridor in the building. And he says, uh, hey, my name is Dan. I was actually working in the booth, uh, you know, uh, uh, directing the show while you, you know, you, you couldn't see me. I was behind the scenes there uh, while you were doing this. I just, I think what you were doing is great. I loved you being on the show, uh, whatever. Uh, just want to just shake a hand and tell you I think it was great. And I ended up giving him my business card. Uh, he he took mine, uh, or I took his. Uh, we party company, and that was it. That's that you know, and just just awful. Now, two weeks, two three weeks later, I get a call from the same guy. He says I'm uh, the new station manager of the local Christian uh, radio station. I want you to have your own show on that radio station. Uh, where I'm the station manager, and we want to come, we want you to come on. And I actually ended up doing that, and it was a big, cool opportunity. But it's one of those things where if I had made that decision by the math, I would never have done sure. it. I would have, I should have run screaming at the point someone suggested a wig. Yeah, you know. Uh, but God knew what He was doing and setting that up, and out of something that was an uh, an observably a bad situation that normally you would a- avoid yeah something good came out i have to seek god's direction on that because he sees those things that i can't and right. that's how we have to make these decisions it's actually a great you've heard a lot of good stuff on this i'll leave you with this one idea of when these ideas that are not cut and dry not black and white one of the things we need to say sense our priority yeah because you're not going to find those they're binary issues, which is kind of what Lee started off talking about and what Jed talked about a little bit. Should you help poor people if you're a Christian? Yes. Right. Is, you know, 
Is the Trinity have to be true for you to be Christian? Yes. Right. These are binary. There's a yes or no answer. So in some of these that aren't that, these are real world situations. One of the reasons that hypotheticals don't really help is the kind of as Glenn made the joke about the ethics class. The idea of a hypothetical situation is to remove all the variables and get down to one kind of philosophical idea that makes them absolutely utterly useless in the real world because the real world is all about the variables. Yeah, that's that right. right. the situation. So a lot of that is coming down with an idea, first of all, of is this a thing I need to have a decision made on or not? Like Lee said, and I, I apologize this is us misreading the question, but do you support a country that has the fewest number of human rights violations? I don't, I don't being that I am not a uh, ambassador myself. It doesn't matter what country I support yeah. for things. So right. I, I don't care. Yeah. Um, I'm not, not pro human rights violation. So I think that's bad, but I don't it really, my supporting a country doesn't really make any difference in the world. So I don't, I actually don't have to worry about that. Except Isn't those that countries, great? those country t-shirts you wear every day, Matt. You, you mean the Alan Jackson t-shirt? That's not what they mean by country. <laughs> Probably those are my cold dead hands. Um, but so th- you make a good point. There's one, you know, so let's take uh, relationships and political candidates. These are both interesting points. They're kind of parallel in a way. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. So you take a political candidate. No political candidate is going to agree with everything you agree with. Right. That's just not how they do. So you have to set your priorities what things are important. You can't let them do it. Because they politicians and advertising in general wants to set your priorities for you. Yep. That's not good. Mm. They want you to think that, you know, loving America, whatever that means, is the most important thing. I don't actually care about that in a political candidate because I want someone who's actually a good administrator and all that stuff. Yes. To be honest, I'll say this in the past. I don't really care if someone's Christian. Sure. It's great. Yeah. I'd much rather them be a fair-minded, effective public servant. Are you saying you'd rather have a good doctor than a Christian doctor? I am a little bit. Yeah, but me too. <laughs> also, and also because non-Christian people, especially in the political f- field, can agree with me on Christian things. Sure. So I'll, I'll use myself as an example here. I'm probably speaking for all this in this podcast, but my big thing on Christian values from a political standpoint, this is not from the law standpoint, is what are you doing for poor people, prisoners, widows, orphans, immigrants, those kind of Matthew 25 populations. Mm-hmm. So you can be as Christian as you want. I know people who are, you know, saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, who have what, in my opinion, are somewhere between evil and criminally negligible ideas about public policy towards the homeless and poor children. So I'm not going to vote for them. Yeah. Doesn't mean I wouldn't go to church with them. Doesn't mean I won't have that night, but they the things they care about as far as quote unquote Christian values are so far down the list of what I care about. I'm not going to vote for them. It's not that I think they're necessarily wrong about the thing they hold up, but they don't match my list of priorities. Sure. Right. Same thing true in uh, romantic relationships. There are some things which have to be a super high priority. Loves Jesus is nice to me. Showers with regularity. All these <laughs> things are high priorities. So if someone doesn't meet that, it's not great. Now on the, you know, likes Doctor Who as much as I do and, you know, can speak three languages and all that, that gets knocked down the priority list. Yep. It's not that it doesn't matter. It's not that, that but this, if you get this idea of the perfect choice, what you're faced with in the real world is the idea that perfect choices do not exist. So we work with the choices we have, and a good way to get that is by setting a priority list and seeing how that matches up. All right, so we're going to take you out this week. If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com, or take out one of Jed's worship songs, one of my favorite we talked in this episode about with the hypothetical situation thing, with um, some other questions about getting rest and dealing with family. It's called Cast My Cares. It's a really good one. It's about it's taken right out of Scripture. It is about kind of giving those things up to God, and he's going to take care of them. So we're going to take you out with a live version of that recorded at the bridge. If you have a, do you have a question for us, the things I just gave you 25 seconds ago, pay attention, people. <laughs> pay attention. You see, I covered up my own forgetting what happened by being aggressive towards the audience. That's nice. I, I like learned that. it by watching you. <laughs> <laughs> so he gives those addresses. Thanks so much for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. Let's say that podcast. We're chuffed to bits to swipe you for Jesus.
sing this with me. You are asking for a show. Once again 